How you guys doing? Good, everybody, good. Awesome to see you. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, so these guys are here in person, those of you who are worshiping with us online. Welcome, really glad to see you. Um, this series, Bless This Mess. Uh, this February, we are taking the month to really affirm our value of legacy. We believe in the next generation, and so um, blow a little wind in the sails. Those of you who are, who are in it and for it or with it for little kids, and so I um, hope this is good for you. So to today, this weekend, what I wanna do with you is just kinda share some parenting hacks uh, with you. Like, there was a good one on the screen right there. Just things that maybe make things go a little easier for you. And as we jump into that, um, I just wanna really affirm those of you who are here and, and you're not in the parenting stage anymore, maybe you don't have kids, or you, you're through that deal and you know we're in a parenting series and you're still here. And I, I really appreciate you being here. Of course, more happens in this room than just what I'm talking about and those of you who are online with you too. More happens in a worship service than just you know when preacher's talking, but for you to be here and be part of this and really affirm this value of legacy with your church is, is a really big deal. So um, I wanna start today just to tell you a story from my experience. If there was a, if there was a Parent of the Year award, um, I would have been kicked out of the competition a number of times, but I was thinking this week about one of my, um, one of my brightest or darkest moments, whichever it is. So, so our oldest was sophomore in high school, and um, he, had, he had applied for this thing called the National Honor Society, and he was accepted into it, and all I, I had no clue what it was. So if, if you know what that is, sitting here listening to me, and well, I didn't, because he's our oldest kid, and it was our first time to do something like this. And what I thought it was, was when I was in high school, they sent you this advertisement to get into this little book called Who's Who Among American High School Students, and you paid 25 or 50, whatever the money was, and you paid the money and you got into the book. I thought that's what he was doing. So he gets into the National Honor Society and they have the induction ceremony at the high school. And I said, you know, I don't think I'm gonna go. Um, are you okay if I don't go? And he's like, yeah, fine. You know, cause he was a 16 year old boy and everything was fine at that stage of life and parenting. And, and so he went and got inducted into the National Honor Society. And then when he got home, I said, hey, how was it? And he said, it was good. And he said, were any other parents there? And he said, yeah, all of them. <laughs> Parent of the year, right here. So um, I'm highly qualified to be standing on this stage talking to you about these things. Um, if you don't know, so Marie and I have four kids. They are currently 30, 27, 25, and 22. This coming week, our youngest will turn 22. So we've, we've survived a lot of things, and if we can survive it, if we can make it, you can too. So I wanna give you a few things that we learned along the way that uh, somebody passed to us that were helpful to us or that we just discovered the hard way probably. And so I think I have five things for you tonight with some Bible verses around. These are biblical wisdom, but they're not as connected as some of the other things I've been talking about. But they're important and I think they'll help you. So the first thing is to be their parent now, to be their friend in adulthood. So I think it's an amazing goal to wanna be friends with your adult children, to have healthy adult relationships with your kids when they are grown. To get to that point, you can't be their friend along the way, you actually have to be their parent. And a couple weeks ago we were talking about the difference between 
mentors and peers. And I think this idea kind of falls into that. I think you can get in a lot of trouble if you see yourself as a peer with your kid or more so if you allow them to see you as a peer as they're growing up than to recognize that you're in a, you're in a role that has a authority and weight to it and, and they need that role in their life to help them move towards adulthood. And I was thinking about this, I was thinking a couple different scriptures in um, Proverbs chapter one, verse eight. Proverbs are, Proverbs are written by a mom and a dad to their son. And mom and dad are royalty and they're preparing their son to be a king. So they're preparing him for some big things. And so they talk about some important things in here. But I just, I've struck as I read through the Proverbs, I'm struck by, by the tone that they take with with their son and starts out, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And, and they're respectful of his personhood, they're respectful of him, but there's, there's not a lot of like, hey buddy, let's, um, let's sit down and talk about this thing and then you tell me what you, th-. Like, they take the tone of like, hey, we're, we're the grownups, we've been here, we've been down this road and we can help you. A little later in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter four, verses one through four, Again, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention, gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so don't forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands, and you will live. And again, just this idea of I was, I was in your role at one point, I was in your position at one point, and my dad looked at me and said, hey, Son, there's some things that I've got to, I need to impart to you, I need to pass on to you that you, you need to listen to and learn so that you can walk in the right paths. And now I'm passing that on to you and as long as we, we keep those roles right, you'll find yourself as your kids enter into adulthood, as they mature and hit those adult levels of maturity, You'll find yourself able to have friendship with them because you didn't choose friendship with them when they were little, you chose to be their parent. I'm not saying you have to be unfriendly, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that if you, if you, look, at, if you look at a kid, an adolescent kid or a pre-adolescent kid and tell them or treat them like, hey, you're my best friend, they're gonna get the wrong idea about what your relationship with them is like and when they have the wrong idea, that makes it really hard for you to pass on to them the things that God has for you to pass on to them. So that first thing, be their parent now to be their friend in adulthood. Second thing connected to parenting is parent your child's heart. Parent your child's heart. So this was, this was huge for me when our kids were little. Um, Jesus said this, he said this in Luke chapter six, verse 45, he said, Good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So we read this and it sounds like Jesus is talking about adults. And, and he is, he's talking about adults, but he's also talking about kids too. He's talking about the little, like all the way down to the little ones. He's talking about kids because your kid is, does not come into this world as a blank slate. They come into this world created in the image of God, and so there's, there's all kinds of stuff in them, good stuff from the image of God that he's put in them, but they also, they also come into this world little sinners. And, and, 
the image of God is marred by sin in their life from conception and and you and I, just like it is in our lives, and so they need somebody to parent and shepherd them to Jesus who, who will restore that image of God in them. And so, so we need to parent and shepherd their hearts because the good that's in their heart is gonna come out and, and the bad that's in their heart is gonna come out. And particularly, at least for me, particularly when when the bad that was in their heart was, was coming out in their lives, whether it was coming out of their mouth or coming out of their actions, what my tendency to, was to do was to try to control their behavior and, and not recognizing that this is, this is something that needs to be addressed at heart level. I wanna control their behavior. And as I've processed back on that over the years, I think there were two things that were going on there for me and see if maybe this resonates with you. So I think the first piece of that was their behavior, I thought, reflected on my parenting. I kind of owned their behavior. Like, if they're behaving good, then I'm a good parent. And if they're behaving poorly, then I'm a bad parent. And so, so for me, like, it was really easy for the goal to be well, I can control their actions. I, you know, I'm bigger, stronger, and faster than them, and so I, I can maybe keep them at least a little bit contained. I can control that piece because it reflects on me. And those of you who've had littles, man, like the first time they, they just throw down on the floor in the grocery store because you didn't put the right cereal in the cart, it's the horror of that. And every, everybody's looking at me and they think what a bad parent I am, so like if I can just control their actions and maybe that doesn't reflect as poorly on me. So that was, that was a piece of it for me. He wanted to control their actions. The other piece that I had going on there was I had this idea that if, if we could make them act right, then eventually their heart would come along and they would be right. And that's totally wrong. Like that's totally wrong. So, so it is true that like I can for myself, I can act my way into right thinking and right belief. If I decide to, to make a change in my life, I can change my behavior and eventually, like my emotions, my will, my heart will follow in that. But I have to be on board. Somebody else can't change my behavior, dictate my behavior to me, and somehow my heart gets caught up in that and comes along. What happens in all that deal is, is rebellion. Rebellion happens when you, when you start trying to force behavior and not pay attention to somebody's heart. And so I had, I had that going on in my life, wanting to, wanting to control the behavior of my kids. And there was this book by a guy named Ted Tripp. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart. And I read this book so many years ago, I don't really remember much of what's in it. And I know it's been updated since then, but I'm still gonna recommend it to you anyway. Because for me, like the life-changing part of this book was the title. That, that my job as a parent is to, to shepherd my children's hearts because there's a lot of stuff in their heart needs shepherding. I was thinking about this this week. Like, there's willfulness in their heart. There's selfishness in their heart. There can be fear. There can be hurt. There can be pride. There can be love. There can be desire to protect. There can be loyalty. Again, they're, they're created in the image of God, so there's good stuff in their heart too, and they need somebody to shepherd their heart and to shepherd their heart to Jesus. And, 
And if behavior is all you're seeing or behavior is all you're paying attention to as a parent, then you're actually gonna miss the most important stuff for them. And so to shepherd their heart. So when one of our kids was in fifth grade, we got a call from the school, said we needed to come because our kid had spit on a classmate. Fifth grade. Maybe, maybe preschool, right? Maybe preschool, but ne- like never. Like th- th- there's just, there's no scenario in our family, the way we brought our kids up, that this could have been okay. In fifth grade, we get a call to come to the school because one of our kids had spit on a classmate. And so, fortunately, Marie was available to go because she's a way better parent than I am anyway. And calmer in these kind of situations, and, and she went, and we got the full story. And what had happened was the kid, my kid spit on, that kid had spit on my kid's friend. So my kid was sticking up for their friend by spitting on this other kid. Fifth grade, pre-COVID. Like this. Wasn't a capital crime to spit on somebody at that point. But bad, still bad. So, so the heart thing, right? Shepherding the heart. That's loyalty. There's some loyalty in that. Now, that's that's not a great way to stick up for your friend, but fifth grade still learning how to stick up for their friend, and so there's loyalty there that needs to be nurtured, and, and justice, Hartford justice, something that was unfair happened, and my kid was trying to make that right, and again, it's not wise to, to take up somebody else's offense. The Proverbs talks about that there, was, there were so many things that were wrong about the spitting, but when we got the full story about where all that came from, it, for us it was like it was really easy to just let the consequences at school to be the consequences for that deal. And that was one of those moments for me in parenting. It was like, okay, this is, if it's just gonna be about behavior, then I'm gonna be stepping on some stuff that we actually wanna see nurtured and developed. <laughs> and if you've had a strong-willed child, you've stuff you gotta be ahead of to help shape and point in right directions. But if you can get ahead and help shape and point in right directions on some stuff like that, you, you could have a kid who is a force to be reckoned with for good in this world. And so, so shepherding our kids' hearts instead of being really concerned about their behavior and always shepherding them towards Jesus. Again, because from the earliest days, they, they are created in the image of God and the image of God in them is marred by sin and the only one who can deal with their sin is Jesus. And so shepherding their little hearts towards Jesus and nurturing that image of God in them, calling it out and calling it forward, and not being as concerned about behavior as we are the conditions of their heart. So shepherding a child's heart, that's the second one. Here's the third thing. Um, you can do permanent damage, and I've got that in quotes. You can do permanent damage over things that are not permanent. So this is just something I've learned by doing it and by watching it. And this probably fits, I'm gonna talk to you in a few minutes about keeping lines of communication open, and this is probably connected to that, but it's important enough, I think, that it deserves its own little section here. 
As parents, we, we get wrapped up in the, the vision that we have for our kids' lives. And when they start to get off track of that vision, of what, what we want for them, what we think is best for them, when they get off track from that vision, we can, we can easily swoop in and permanent damage is in the relationship over things that are not permanent. So if, if you've got teenage kids listening with you, you might wanna plug their ears real quick. Um, I'm gonna say something, I'm on their side about a few things. Um, <laughs> and I was on their side when, so with my kids, it's not the end of the world if your kid gets a B. So don't let it be the end of the world, right? I mean, in, in your relationship. It's not the end of the world that they decide to quit their sport, quit their instrument, quit that extracurricular activity. It's not gonna look great on their college admissions pay. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's just not the end of the world. So don't let it be the end of the world for you. Because, because you can do significant harm in your relationship with your kids over stuff that when you get three, five, 10 years down the road, just it really isn't gonna matter. So I had a funny text exchange with my oldest this morning. I wanted to confirm that it was the National Honor Society. That <laughs> he barely remembers. You know, thank God for short memories. I guess at least 30, so it's not that short of a memory. But, but you know, I mean, had, had that been some sort of a blowout or had we insisted on that or pushed into that or like, he would, he would for sure remember if that, he just remembers that we weren't there for something that all his friend's parents were for. He remembers that part. And I still get jabbed about it occasionally, rightly so. But, but there are some things that in, in the moment, they might be big to you in the moment, but they're just not big in the grand scheme of things. And I've kind of laughed about this with some, some parents who are highly driven and they want their kids in the best school and you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you have to, if you have to ride your high schooler to, for them to get the grades and the extracurriculars to get into that school, they're not gonna make it once they get there, unless you go with them. Because what it takes to get in, like, that's just to get in. They, they gotta be able to, like, they gotta stay. And so, so you can, I just, I just hold this out for you, and this, this to me feels a little heavy. This is one of those areas of parenting where I think we as parents have to be really careful that, that we choose our battles very carefully so that you, like, if it's gonna be strong, it better really matter for a long time. Not for a short time, it better really matter for a long time. So, so you can do permanent damage over things that aren't as permanent. All right, so come off of kind of the weight of all that stuff, here's, here's another really cool thing, I think, about parenting. Um, enjoy this, right? enjoy this, because your kids are a gift from the Lord to you, and he wants you to enjoy them. So how about that? Like these, these little rascals that take all your time and all your energy and all your money and they are the greatest joy and the greatest hurt. Like they're the highest highs and the lowest lows in our lives for those of us who have kids. And God gave them to you as a gift and he wants you to enjoy this gift. So I love this verse from Psalm 127. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, these kids, they're a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They'll not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And I just, I just love those ideas of like they're, they're a gift, they're a reward from God, they're a blessing 
We're blessed to have them in our lives. And so sometimes you just have to take a breath and step back from all things that are going on. And like, this is a gift from, these, these people are a gift from God to us in our lives. And in saying that, man, parenting is a huge responsibility. There's weight to it. There are hard things, there are painful things. Our family's in a hard phase right now, some stuff that's going on. But even in these, these difficult phases, these hard seasons of life, there's, there's joy. There's, there's this great opportunity that we have to receive this gift that God has given to us and our kids. And so we can, we can enjoy them. Every phase of life has stuff that you can enjoy. Like there's just stuff in every stage that you can enjoy and you don't wanna miss it. I was thinking about, okay, so what causes, what causes us to miss it? Now, for me, there were two things that caused me to miss some stuff along the way. The first is you have to be walking with the Lord. You gotta pay attention to your relationship with the Lord. If you're not paying attention to your relationship with the Lord, if you're apathetic about him, about, about that relationship, then you're gonna miss some stuff because the way God set this whole deal up, this parenting thing, he set this thing up for you to be in relationship with him while you're in relationship with these kiddos that he's given to you. And, and so if you're, if you're missing out or if you're not engaging in that part of that relationship with him, there's just gonna be some stuff that you miss in your relationship with them. And so my great encouragement to you as part of enjoyment of, of your children is to engage with your heavenly father because you need to be parented in this whole deal too. And so to, to let him, to engage with him and so that you don't miss out. The other thing that was, for me, made things easy to miss out, some of the enjoyment that God was given to me was I had a hard time being present. I'm, I, am a, I am a forward guy, like I'm a future guy. And, and so I'm, it's, it's hard for me to be present. And I've learned that about myself over the years. And so it's easier for me now than it was when I was younger and when those kids are around and I, I see this in parents' lives a lot, that there's, for those of us, some of us are forward-looking and we're thinking about like when this current stage, especially if it's a great stage, for me, that kind of that two to five, whatever, when they can, like they hear your car in the driveway and they hear you at the front door and then they just drop everything and they come run and scream in your name every day. Like that is awesome. I love that stage. And then, you know, then it tapers off. Like when they, I don't know, when they, probably when they went to school for our kids, just, they were tired, they were busy, I don't know, they just kinda all taper. But that, that little window there, I loved that stage. It was so much fun. And for me, looking forward, it's like, what's it gonna be like when they're not here every time I pull up, you know? Or they're not so excited to see me anymore. I mean, those are real things, and you can, you, can, you can miss today by worrying about tomorrow and wondering about tomorrow. And you can also miss today, if you're more reflective in nature, by looking back on what it used to be. And, and so you can miss out if you're, if you're not present. And so Marie and I have just kind of said this thing that we remind each other of now, because we're empty nesters, and we're just, we're just committed to, we're gonna enjoy this season. We're, just, we're gonna enjoy this season, and when this season changes, because we're recent empty nesters, so when this season changes, we're gonna kind of mourn this little transition, and then we're gonna enjoy the next season. And we just committed that to each other because God has given our 
kids, our family, it's a gift to us. And so we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna enjoy it, we're gonna be present in it. And so he's given us these kiddos to enjoy. So that's, that's fourth thing there for you. Here's the fifth thing. Um, keep the lines of communication open. Talked about this for a few minutes last week, about keeping lines of communication open. This is, this is critical in parenting and in doing this well and having healthy adult relationships with your kids when they hit that point is that the lines of communication would be open. I've got a couple Bible verses that I think are, are really important. First one is what we read last week. I'm gonna read it again from James chapter one, verses 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And that last sentence, human anger doesn't, it doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. That parenting responsibility that God has given to you with your kiddos, for those of you who have them, and to me with mine, when I'm mad, when I'm mad, that doesn't produce the kind of life change that is best for them. And I don't know what kind of parent you are, but for me, when I'm mad, my kids generally know. So, you know, it just, it comes out of me. And, and so that idea of, of watching the anger, like watching the anger and keeping that before the Lord and letting him speak into that and speak over that and shape that and wring that out of you, we ask him to wring that out of you so that that's not part of your parenting experience, that, that human anger. And then the quick to listen and slow to speak. I think it's really critical. Because uh, I'm quick to lecture, not quick to listen. So, and I think, I think I'm like a lot of parents in that regard. Most of us are really quick to lecture, not really quick to listen. So I was thinking about this listening piece. So one thing that somebody told me was you gotta be ready to listen when they're ready to talk. And this particular person, her kids were ready to talk, especially when they were teenagers, they were ready to talk when they got home on Friday night at you know curfew was midnight or whatever, she waited up for them because they were ready to talk. And she said, I've had some of the best conversations from midnight to one or midnight to two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, good Lord, if that's, if that's the only window of communication I'm gonna have with my kids, I'm gonna miss it. Um, I'm asleep <laughs> from midnight to two. But, but your kids, there will be times when they're ready to talk. And for you to be ready to listen to them during those seasons, I think that's really important. I'm talking with my kids and with other people's kids who communicate with their parents kind of where does some of that land? One of the, the consistent themes that kids will say is if, if they don't communicate with their parents, they'll say my parents freak out when I talk to them. And if they do communicate, they'll say, well, one of the things I really appreciate about my mom or dad is that they don't freak out when I talk to them. Now, I've never met a parent that admits to freaking out when their kid talks to them, but I've talked to a lot of kids who say my parents freak out, and I know some of the same, like, I can connect some of those dots. And what that tells me is that the parents don't get to define what freaking out is. The kid actually defines what freaking out is. And so, so this is an opportunity for us to get to know our kids and to engage in communication with them so that they don't, 
they don't feel like mom or dad are freaking out on them. And just, you know, some of the behaviors that, that get labeled as freaking out, um, one of them's getting them, when, like when they've done something, getting them in trouble before you help them get out of the trouble of why they've come to you. So if they get in trouble before you help them out of the trouble, that gets labeled as freaking out. Um, yelling, of course, gets labeled as freaking out. Um, calling the school, like if they've had an issue with a teacher or, and, and you're, you step into that, calling the school or calling their friends, mom or dad <laughs> because of something that's happened between them and a friend or doing anything that they feel like makes them the subject of negative attention. You know, if, if, if they feel like you're gonna step in in a way that they're gonna end up on social media in a bad light, they're just not gonna tell you about it. And so, so don't freak out. And I just wrote this note for me, and I think this is probably good for you. Remember that our kids are just as interested in getting lectured as we are. Right, I mean, who loves getting lectured? And, and our kids don't either, and so, so to remember that. And then this last verse from Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Parenting, it, like as a mom or dad, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So those are a couple of verses that if, if the lines of communication are a little blurry between you and your kids, I think these are a couple of verses that you could be praying over that communication, be praying over that relationship and see what God would put back together for you. He, he wants you to be in communication. He gave those kids to you, their gift from him to you. And so, so that really leads me to this last thing. You've already heard this. <laughs> Enjoy this. Enjoy this. Don't, don't miss out on it. Your kids are a gift from the Lord to you and he wants you to enjoy being their parent. Not every aspect of it's enjoyable, not every moment is like the best moment ever, but there's a lot of great moments from being mom or dad, being in relationship with these kids that God has given to us, and, and being in that circle of adults that have impact and influence on their lives. That, that is a gift from the Lord to you and to me, and so what God wants for his, for his children is that they would enjoy their children. So I wanna just pray this for you and for us, and, and what I'm gonna do to pray this for us is I'm gonna take you back to that Philippians chapter one, verses nine through 11. If you were with us last week, these are the verses that we ended with, and what I prayed for you then, I think these are, these are fantastic um, parenting, family, legacy verses. The Apostle Paul wrote this, he said, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So would you guys please bow your head, close your eyes with me, and let's pray together. So Father, thank you for the kids in our lives. Those of us who are parents, we're really grateful that you have given these kids to us. Even those moments where it's really hard, it's confusing, it, it hurts, different points, but they help us know you better and they help us become like you. So thank you for the privilege of, of being able to be mom and dad. And for all of us, we have influence in the lives of, 
of kids. And this value of legacy is a big deal that, that we could pass our faith on, this life in Jesus that we experience, that we could pass that on to the next generation. And we are humbled by that. And so with this scripture from Philippians chapter one, would you stir up our love, our love for you, our love for each other, love for our community, Pray that our love would abound more and more in all knowledge, depth of insight. If it's, it's real, it comes from a real place so that we can discern what's best and we can be filled with this righteousness that comes only from Jesus and we can experience the peace that you would give us in our families, in this church, and that, that would flow out of here into our community. Jesus, all of this goodness in our lives comes to us through you, and, and we need you. So we pray these things in your name, amen. Great to be with you guys. So those of you here in person, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, pray for you, we have prayer leaders down at the front. Those of you who are online, if you'll let your service hosts know, um, they would be glad to pray with you. You can click the prayer button, and uh, you could have some good things happen in your life here in this next little bit if you'd leave it with the Lord. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.